I don't think I'm that far away from earning six figures over 12 months from my phone, anywhere in the world, half an hour a day. Everyone's full of ideas. It's the execution that it comes down to. And execution seems to be the, hard, the shortest thing in supply in almost everyone's business, really. And the market came down uh, from top to bottom. It came down 10% in my market, right? I still bought two houses on the way down because I knew where the market was going. And it worked out right. You are now listening to The Oliver Manley Show. Are you ready to discover what's possible for you? Are you ready to live a more meaningful life and do work that matters? On November 16 and 17, I am leading the next Reinvention Roadmap. This is a two-day training I created on the principles I teach my clients to achieve the things they once thought were impossible. Things like going from zero to six figures in three months. Going from dreading their nine-to-five job to doing purpose-driven work. Going from overworked and burnt out to freeing up more than 20 hours a week to do more of what they love. If you know you're meant for more in life and business but don't know where to start, join us at Reinvention Roadmap. Imagine what would become possible if you spent two whole days gaining the clarity, direction, and guidance to understand yourself at your core, break through hidden roadblocks, tap into your inner wisdom and intuition, and the actionable step-by-step process to transform your life. For tickets and information, go to reinventionroadmap.ca and use the promo code Ohm Show at checkout to save yourself 10%. That is Ohm Show, O-M-S-H-O-W. And as a valued listener of the show for a limited time, you can save that extra 10% off of the early bird price. Go to reinventionroadmap.ca and use the promo code Ohm Show. Welcome to the Oliver Manalise Show. I am your host, Oliver Manalise, and I am excited to have you join us each week for a dose of inspiration and practical insights on living a meaningful life and doing work that matters. Today, I'm excited to have Erwin Zito back on the podcast. Erwin is someone I've known for a long time. I've seen him make a tremendous impact on so many people's lives with his work, his message, his charity. And every time I've hung out with him for our hashtag bro downs, it's like a CrossFit workout, a, an epic lunch. Um, I, I always leave inspired. I leave empowered and just thinking big. Erwin's humble. He's honest. He's a hardworking guy and he has a ton of wisdom to share. So I know you're going to get a ton out of today's episode. If you don't know Erwin, he hosts one of the top ranked business podcasts on Apple Podcasts, The Truth Truth About Real Estate Investing in Canada, which I've had the honor of being on uh, his show twice. He is the founder of Infinite Wealth Investment Network, or IWIN. This is an exclusive real estate investment club. As well, he is deeply passionate about his philanthropic work with his charity, Hamilton Basket Brigade. A big reason I wanted to have him back on the show is because he has his new project, Wealth Hacker Conference. This is happening on November 9th in Toronto. Erwin's on his growth edge, and this is a stacked event with world-class speakers and trainers and gathering an audience, like a huge audience, uh, bigger than anything he's ever done before. And as you'll hear on today's episode, 
This conference is going to be jam-packed with knowledge, information, and actionable steps for creating long-term wealth and even retiring early. The keynote for the event is number one best-selling author and world-renowned speaker and sales trainer Grant Cardone. You'll also learn from Tom and Nick Karadza of Rockstar Realty. Best-selling author and JV expert Russell Westcott will be there. And uh, guys, this is just going to be stacked with speakers on the topics of real estate, stocks, business, and all things wealth creation. So Wealth Hacker Conference. This is happening November 9th in Toronto. Grab yourself a seat at wealthhacker.ca and use the promo code OLIVER to save yourself 10% on admission. That's wealthhacker.ca and use the promo code OLIVER to save yourself 10%. And I hope to see you there. On the show today, Erwin and I dive into the origin story of Wealth Hacker Conference, how he's been managing the stress of all the things on his plate, like his registered charity, Hamilton Basket Brigade, his podcast, his real estate investments, his business, um, promoting this event, trying to get people there and, and organizing it, and uh, not to mention balancing all of that with time for his wife, his business partner, Cherry, his kids, time for health. We talk about his latest learning experiences and results and his fascination with stock options. We talk about his Airbnb, which turned out to be a big fail, which I'm really grateful that he was willing to share about. We talk about his unique long-term approach to planning for his kids' future with uh, giving them and helping them build their real estate portfolios at real, at a really young age. We get a peek in this episode of Irwin's mindset, his way of thinking that has caused him and those around him to succeed in a methodical and thoughtful way. I am super, super excited to share this episode with you guys. So much to learn from Irwin. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, my interview with the one and only Irwin Zito. All right. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Oliver Manalise Show. I'm your host, Oliver Manalise, and I am here with the powerful Erwin Zito. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Happy to be here. Thanks for coming to my home to do this. Well, yeah, I want to bring the show to you. I know you're, you have so much on your plate and there's so much going on uh, in your life and in your business. And you're actually, I think you're the first person to come on to the show for the, for the second time. Really? Yeah. Me? Yeah, so you got the honors, man. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I, I want to, there's so much that I want us to talk about, but first, I want to find out about your six pack and your genetics. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to give the context behind the joke? Yeah. yeah. So, so I have a podcast as well, and I have one negative review. I have one one star review. And it's because uh, what happened was um, a good friend, very good friend of mine, was the last person to see his friend before he passed. They're on a charity bike ride and uh, they were together. The pack that left them behind, my friend stayed behind with his friend. Uh, he uh, He's an overweight gentleman. Uh, and so my friend was the last person to see him alive. Um, so this gentleman was, you know, uh, 50s. Uh, you know, if you Google dad bod, that would probably show up his body type. Uh, so I was, my comment on my pod was really to take care of yourselves and, uh, you know, lead a healthy, lead a life that's conducive to long-term health and clarity of mind. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's totally possible for anybody. Uh, don't glorify dad bod, uh, 
anyone can do this. I do it myself. Uh, I've had apps for like the last four years. That's why I started my podcast. And the place I was coming from was trying to help people. And so this person slammed me. On leaving this is a reviewer. This is a reviewer on my iPhone. So I have one. Uh, I have over 100 reviews, right? I have one one-star review. This person is saying I was body shaming and uh, I was, I'm not a humble person. I shouldn't brag about these things because I just have uh, better genetics. Uh, she, this person claims to be a, a fitness health expert uh, and, uh, and that from her experience and expertise uh, to be um, trim and have a six pack at the age of 40 is genetics. It's not about uh, diet or exercise. Right. How did you take that when you saw that come in? Uh, so I'm an open-minded person. I think you know that. Uh, so I actually copied it and sent it to the owner of my, the gym that I belong to because he is a fitness hound uh, in terms of both being a practitioner. Like he has like a $550 pound deadlift. He can do like, uh, he can handstand walk a hundred feet. Like he's a phenom, he's a phenom, right? And also he's a complete nerd, consumes all sorts of reading information and stuff like that. Right. These are the people I love to have around me because they know infinitely more than I do about subjects. So I sent it to him and he said, he said some other things that I won't share. But he also said that person is completely wrong. Right. Genetics obviously pays a part. Anyone who, anyone who competes or tries hard and works in the gym, you know, genetics plays a part. Right. Uh, but also, you know, my, he's saying lifestyle, diet mean way more than genetics. And, and, and just think of it as a whole, as a whole, like take a step back. For anyone who's worked hard, like you work hard to be, to, to be trim and you eat properly, right? For anyone who actually puts the, put in a lot of effort to have results, it's kind of like a slam against all of them. Yeah, I found that a little insulting, like mm-hmm. very offending. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, what I heard and what I saw was, oh, well, I guess I don't have a choice. Yeah. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. I don't need to take responsibility over my day-to-day right. lifestyle, my eating, right. my, my workouts, mm-hmm. my genetics. It's pretty, you know, it's deterministic. Yeah. It's deterministic. It's like I have no control over my my destiny. Right. And um, I, to me, I think that kind of promotes like victim mentality. Yeah. I'm right? a victim of my genetics. I'm or, a victim. Yeah. Right. And imagine this person could be a parent and this person actually is paid to train people and if this is what she's telling people, mm. oh, I'm sorry, Oliver, you can't achieve these results because of the way you were born. Yeah, you might as well just, you know, stop trying. Right. You don't need to read all those books. You don't need to. Yeah. You don't need to be your trainer. best. Right. I know you can't. Like neither of us can slam dunk a basketball, <laughs> but it's fine. Right. Like, do just be your best self. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, it's just weird, and and uh, and also with all the stuff that I'm putting out there, uh, more hate keeps coming back. And, and really, at the end of the day, I, uh, as being an open-minded person, I actually evaluate what they're writing to, to see if there's actually anything behind, truth behind it. And it's not. There isn't. Mm. Not based on the smartest people I know. Yeah. Because I'm far from the smartest person I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, you know, I find that to be an interesting conversation. I mean, when you posted about it, uh, it blew up. Like, so many people started commenting on it and i think it really hit a nerve and mm-hmm. and who you are to me and what i see you as is mm-hmm. somebody who is about empowering people mm-hmm. and having people realize that they have a choice yeah. uh, and you can control your destiny health wise financially mm-hmm. with your family mm-hmm. and it like that one review mm-hmm. is like 
a complete misrepresentation. It's complete opposite of yeah. what you stand for. Mm-hmm. So that's why I find that to be so interesting. You put so much content and you do so much good mm-hmm. with everything that you do. And then this person is clearly not a regular yeah. listener or yeah. someone who doesn't understand the whole context of, of who you are and what you do. Yeah. Like, you know, no one's perfect, right? If you're, if you, if, uh, like for example, um, I believe even if someone messes up, as long as they're a good hearted person, I'm not going to judge them for the mess up. Mm. Say they cut someone off on in traffic by accident, right? I'm not going to judge them on that. 99% of the time, they're good people. Mm-hmm. Like they're good parents, they're contributors to society, they give to charity, they go to church, whatever. That's a good person. Mm-hmm. And the world actually needs more of these people. Yeah. So, so don't go slamming people, right? <laughs> Especially something like puts up so publicly. And man, if if this person, if their name was published, it would look so bad on them. I know, I know. Right? Like, oh boy. And like, if their clients read that, like, I, yeah, like you said, you're you're victimizing people, right? And I only share stuff that I do because I can speak to it. Well, this really, it alludes to so much that I'm interested in when Mm -hmm. it comes to like what you've been up to in the last couple of months. Mm -hmm. You've been doing a lot more online. You've been showing your face more. Both you and your wife, Cherry, are doing Mm -hmm. a lot more videos and um, your presence is is really being felt in a different way beyond just your voice and and your live events. You're actually showing up and and showing the, the behind the scenes of your life. But just for context, for the people who may not have heard the first episode with you, I highly recommend that you go there. But Erwin, you are a philanthropist. You're an entrepreneur. You're a multi-time award-winning investor and realtor. And uh, I have this beautiful list of the things that you're, <laughs> that you're up to right now. You are uh, the head of the Hamilton Basket Brigade, which is a charity which I've had the, the privilege of being a part of. And uh, for context... It's, you know, there's vulnerable families in need during different holidays. And I think you've changed the model. The model, when I was there, it was putting together fresh meals, mm-hmm. uh, complete meals, for and, and actually hand-delivering it and be, being inside of someone's house and actually giving them this gift and seeing the look in their eyes and their kids' eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're delivering hope. Mm-hmm. Like, you're really delivering hope. Because it's like, who... Someone went out of their way to organize this and thought of us enough that they brought food for us the right. day before a holiday so mm-hmm. that we have a meal. So Hamilton Basket Brigade, you're uh, the head of Titan Investment Real Estate team. Yeah. Or, or we changed the name. Now it's iWin Real Estate. <laughs> iWin Real Estate. Okay. And, so, and that's the other thing. You're one of the founders of iWin, which is Infinite Wealth Investment Network, which is a, a meetup that you have where real estate investors from around the GTA, they come in community and they discuss what's possible when it comes to wealth generation. Um, and more recently... You are one of the founders of Wealth Hacker Conference. Yes. Which is a thing that um, that I'm really interested in talking to you more about because mm-hmm. uh, you're gathering together like, and, and you're having people come onto the stage mm-hmm. uh, with you know the one and only Grant Cardone. He's like the, the, the headliner. You have Tom and Nick Karadza, Russell Westcott, Marianne Gillespie, who a uh, great episode on your show with Marianne. Love that. Uh, your wife, yeah, that was Carrie. the first time she ever told that story. Yeah. Really, I didn't really know too much about her, and and I've been meeting a lot more realtors who actually get coached by her. Yeah, so it was yeah. really great to to hear that, and then yeah. also um, to to have her on the stage. 
And uh, you, you've, you've been bringing up Omar Khan and Matthew, what's Matthew's last name? Todman. Matthew Todman a mm-hmm. lot in, in our interactions. Mm-hmm. And they've been making a difference in your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll get to that, which is uh, the, the options trading, the stocks that you've been involved in. Jay Gabrani, which is another like deep, heartfelt two-parter on your podcast, uh, The Truth About Real Estate Investing in Canada. Yeah. yeah. That was a, like an intense, deep conversation and and literally when i first when i met him after hearing that um i was just like wow i was blown away i told him like how thankful i I was for him sharing uh so vulnerably on your show so you have like that was the first time he shared that public that was the first time he shared his story publicly yeah and i highly recommend people uh you check out erwin's podcast it's just thank you so so powerful the work that you are doing just to clarify jay jay has shared his story he didn't he went he actually went into the more specific detail uh like spoiler alert she didn't just pass she took her own life it's so that's different in my opinion but yeah <laughs> yeah well that's an that's i mean that's something that i think a lot of us are are starting to see more and more um and the and how he shares about what he went through and how he handled it and mm-hmm. how he how he stopped so many different things yeah. to kind of just like heal from it and mm-hmm. then also and because he was so set up from his investments he was able to actually yeah. be there for his kids yeah. be there for his family there was that and also just sharing uh how to, how to prevent this from happening again so it was largely from uh, substance abuse of a prescribed medication and that led to depression and just think of this this is someone who's upper class lives in a nice home lives in a nice neighborhood young wonderful family great husband and it didn't work out for her, right? That was a life that she couldn't continue with, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Well, I think that's it's a great way to honor um, all those people who are facing those challenges, yeah. right? So that they can hear, oh, wow, there's other people who've gone through it or yeah. are going through it. I'm not alone. Um, there's resources. There's people I can talk to. Yeah, talk to Jay. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's, um, I think it's so beautiful that your, your conversations, they continue to evolve. Yeah, on your show. Yeah, we're just it's an, it's a, we the show is about sharing what people need to know. It's called the truth about real estate investing, but it's not just real estate investing. It's the the truth. It's, yeah. Right? I sh- I ask these people to share these stories because people need to know, right? Like pe- like we're human. By definition, as soon as you say something to someone we're human, it means we're flawed, right? That includes mentally. Mm-hmm. Everybody has tough spots. You just have to do the best you can with what you got. And I'm not saying I can cure anyone or anyone's perfect or I'm not a doctor. Um, but just be cognizant of how you feel all the time. Like, for example, I know I will feel like crap after the conference. Right? <laughs> I will come You're off, on an adrenaline rush right now, eh? Uh, I know that the day of will be a, a mega high. Probably the highest dopamine high I've ever had in my life. And then when it's over, it'll be like, oh, it's over. Right? Uh, so I'm, So my plans are uh, avoid alcohol, for example and get lots of sleep and book myself for things I can't miss the following Monday, right? Which would be like, uh, for myself, it'll probably be to be in the gym, yeah. right? Something I can't miss. Um, get a massage. Uh, yeah, that'd be <laughs> yeah, too. Some, yeah, maybe some, afterwards, afterwards. Like but I'm, I'm, I'm going on a tangent. You, you yeah. go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah. Um, so you've been... So you've been really busy with the conference. Like, what have your days been like? Like, how, how have you been spending your days recently? Because you have a team that you're managing. Mm-hmm. You have your IWIN meetings that, mm-hmm. that you're doing. And then you're promoting Wealth Hacker. Like, that's a, there's a lot on your plate. Like, how are you 
um, managing the day? How are you handling the day? Uh, a lot of the stuff that we've done up to this point, for example, having the podcast, building an email list. My wife is no different. She's done lots of speaking events. She has a wonderful free book that uh, that helped her build her email list. Uh, so a lot of our days is promoting the event, speaking to influencers like yourself. I've done I've done a lot of podcasts <laughs> <laughs> in the last month with a lot more coming. Uh, uh, doing a lot of copywriting, creating a lot of uh, advertising and offers. And uh, my job has been a lot of my job is to uh, find sponsors for the event and yeah, and sell tickets. Um, and then still, <laughs> and still I have, I have one significant renovation still going on in my, my investment portfolio. I'm selling one of my houses. <laughs> my, my kids are four and five years old. And so I don't want to sacrifice that time. So, for example, today I was there to drop them off the bus. I'll have dinner with them tonight. I'll put, help put them to bed. So I'm still a parent too. And and so for even like the weekends, for example, we still block off a lot of time. Like Sundays, family time, for example. So lots going on. Yeah, how, lots going on. How uncomfortable are you? The most I've ever been. Yeah. yeah. Like how do, can you describe what that discomfort is? Is it the not knowing? Uh, is it the unpredictability of it is it you're you're ma- you're making bold promises and mm-hmm, asking mm-hmm. a lot from people mm-hmm, like what's mm-hmm. going on uh, again the, the the cool part is is that we've built such a foundation of uh relationships so for example uh you'll get an email from me this week because <laughs> 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 you've been a past member of my podcast um so I've been asking friends, people, uh, friends, people have been on my podcast, past speakers at my events, if they'll share uh, what we're up to on the November ninth, and here and there'll be a list of things that we're that we're promoting, um, and promoting as in uh, we have a lot of things that we're giving away as part of our promotion, like a digital book. Uh, I have uh, I've done quite a bit of Airbnb stuff, so I have a demo on how to do a market analysis, forty five minute video. We have one promo that's for uh, for people who are interested in the stock stuff that we're doing. That's an hour-long video, an exclusive video that was only presented to my private membership group. Um, so that's it's that's that. And what I'm learning in this process as well is nobody really has the right answer how to do all of this. Uh, it's really you have to be comfortable with experimenting and trying like everything, and then going back testing and measuring. Uh, but how am I dealing? It is overwhelming. Uh, and then to give context, overwhelming. I've done a lot of overwhelming stuff, right? <laughs> I have competed in martial arts where someone's trying to strangle me. I have, I have done, I'm a deathly fear of heights. So I've done everything in that realm. I've done CNTR edge walk three times. I've gone skydiving. I've done bungee jumping. Uh, I've, uh, I basically have designed the last 10 years of my life to make myself uncomfortable all the time to get used to it. And then on, on the inoculating yourself, uh, it's, I, I believe, you know, Anyone who's challenged themselves, well, there's a, there's a saying, and it's quite true. I don't mean to um, underappreciate it, but uh, change is the only constant. With change comes being uncomfortable. So get used to being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? So everything I do is getting used to being uncomfortable, right? Uh, I, was, I was running a message to uh, one of my mentors, Don Campbell, the other day about how grateful I was for the opportunities he he and his group provided me. For example, the most at that time, the most uncomfortable thing for me was public speaking. Yeah. So I I approached one of his staff because the, there's one of their, one of his staff is the one that books the speakers, right? I approached her. 
I basically had to black myself out. I literally went to her and said, I, I blacked myself out. As in, I made this decision. I'm following through with it. I asked her if I could speak on the subject of investing in Hamilton in front of their audience of 350 people. The recording goes to 600 people. Uh, and the only way I could do it was uh, I blacked myself out. Basically, uh, you know, I don't, I can't really, I can't think of any other situation to do such a thing. What do you mean black yourself out? Is it that you did it and you don't even remember what happened because you just forced your way to show up even though there was fear? I basically had to shut my mind off. Yeah. And just said the words that, to, that, to commit myself to something that was absolutely nuts to me. And understand. like That's pure courage. That's pure uh, courage. No, I don't know if it's pure courage. Well, <laughs> courage is acting in the face of fear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, like, sure. There's still fear, but you still did it. You took action. I took action. Uh, and, and that's probably what separates me from most people. Like anyone who knows me knows I'm not that bright. I was a mid-level student in school. Uh, I, I just, the objective was I knew that speaking on stages is really important to anyone's business. Mm-hmm. And so that was what drove that behavior. That was a, that, that, that's a defining moment then for you. Oh, it was a huge moment. Like if you didn't put yourself and expose yourself mm-hmm. to the possibility of no, Erwin, mm-hmm. we don't want like the, re- the possible rejection. Yeah. If you didn't expose yourself to the chance of rejection and also the chance of, yes, like we would love to have you come right. onto the stage. Right. So much wouldn't have played out the way that it's played out the last decade or so. Yeah, it was big. Huge. But there were a lot of steps before that, too. Because yeah, I, used, I used to go to networking meetings wearing a Hamilton Tiger Cats jerseys. Yeah, yeah. Right? Legend, that, that's the legend. <laughs> and that's that's exposing yourself, which is unnatural, right? It's it's to put yourself out there mm-hmm. is, is most is unnatural for most. That's why public speaking is like the number, is often a greater fear than death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that that's been my life. I've just been making decisions that are in my best interests and my family's best interests and really, really the world's best interests. And I can explain that later. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really what makes me different than most. I think, uh, I just, uh, I'll take good information and then I'll go implement. That's always my thing. It's partly my prop, my fault as well. Uh, I've been tested and I, I came back as a dopamine chaser, which is actually common among like gamblers which is why I'm, a, I'm like a social media addict. Yeah, yeah right? you, you mentioned that yeah. in, the, in the last episode. Yeah. So you, you need to like generate it for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Moments where you can experience that. Exactly. That elation. Yeah, because if you tell me like, uh, for example, like, oh, that's this great new supplement, multivitamin, gives you so much mental clarity. I'll, you know, if I was less polite, I'd be on my phone ordering it right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I need that hit. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's 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 my nature. So I have to understand these things about myself too, and um, and still be able to make decisions for the long term. Mm-hmm. Right. Because when when my when my naturopath found this out, he goes, "This is actually very common among serial gamblers." Right. And I had to repress a lot of it because, for example, I love video games. I love video games, which is like the ultimate dopamine addict. Mm-hmm. Right. And for gambling, I'm just a logical thinker. I know that. Casinos didn't build those wonderful casinos and become publicly traded. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Right. That's just logic taking over for me. And the same thing with video games. I love them, but I gave away my Xbox probably around seven years ago now. Yeah, I I would love to get mind checked because I have an addictive personality Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. The best way is to just not entertain it. 
Like yeah. video games was something I grew up with and I was crazy about it mm-hmm. with my brother all the time. And mm-hmm. um, I think it was maybe about 10 or more years ago. I was just like, mm, I'm just not going to touch. I'm not even going to yeah. look at it because mm-hmm. I'll just, I've literally sat and watched my brother play for like three hours because I'm so mm-hmm. entertained. Mm-hmm. And like even just watching. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my God, like I would get sucked into it. Yeah. So yeah, that's how they're designed. Maybe though. we have some similarities in that sense. And social media is no different. It's been designed yeah. to retain your 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 attention. Mm-hmm. Right, the longer they retain you, the more ads they can show you, the more money they can make. Mm-hmm. Right. Me and Channel, we we rewatched the Social Network recently, mm-hmm. and there's one scene where the girls just like. Yeah, it's this new thing called the Facebook. Like, it's just crazy. I, I've been logging on like five times a day. Mm. And I'm like, that's nothing. Yeah, that's nothing. <laughs> that's I'm nothing worse than that. <laughs> I'm way worse than that. So I, I want to know the the birth of this, like the, the origin story mm-hmm. of Wealth Hacker Conference. Because mm-hmm. it seems like it just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know there's a backstory and I would love for you to share, like, like, like how it originated. Did you have the idea before, um, or and and someone kind of like helped you germinate that seed? Like, mm-hmm. what, what what happened? Uh, the idea is again, I'm in business. Uh, I have to generate leads to bring people into our into our funnel so that we can help them out. So my business is my one of my main businesses is we help people from the Toronto area buy investment properties, uh, generally west of the city, Hamilton, Brantford, St. Catharines, right? So we have to to attract business. We often have to do something. Um, we, we do, the best way is often to put people into a room and we can tell them what we do. Right? That way we can make them aware of the benefits of what we of being an investor, so that they'll work with us, and then our coaches can work with them and, earn, and we earn a real estate commission that way. Right, it's not an ugly thing. <laughs> we have uh, we have a multitude of millionaire, multi-millionaire clients, uh, all generated through real estate. But anyways, uh, so the idea was, oh, let's do a class. We'll do a f- um, first started with the idea of doing a free class for like thirty people, right? And I thought, oh, I think we do better. I think we get get even more people. So I reached out to a friend of mine who has, who has the like the biggest podcast, and then we said, hey, let's, let's partner up on this, right? Because we don't compete. You go, you're east, I'm west, and like, okay, great, we can probably put like. 60 people in a room, 200 people in a room, maybe, right? And then, I thought, then we thought about it. And then there's the old rule. Uh, free is not always necessarily the best thing. Uh, those who pay, pay attention, right? So they're like, okay, let's do a paid event, right? And we thought, oh, yeah, we love, like, I've, I've done events for since 2014, just nothing on this scale before. Like, the biggest we've ever done is, like, 230 people. We're tracking at well over 1,000 somewhere for this event. Anyways, anyways, uh so we, we thought about, well, we'll hire a speaker because we need to, um, we, that'll help us draw people in. Uh, and so we thought about, um, like someone from Shark Tank, for example. And then, mm. uh, and then we were talking to an event planner about this and our event planners are very well connected. Uh, they, she knew our story. She understood who we were, um, our resources, what we're capable of, um, all the charity work that you discussed earlier. Um, she understood that we're good people. So then she reached out uh, to one contact and then an introduction was made, an introduction was made, and then we got to Steve Spray, who was the vice president at, at Cardone, at Cardone, Grant Cardone's business. And then we started negotiating and that, so we found out he was available for the dates that we wanted and we booked him. <laughs> yeah. How long ago was that? Uh, it was a long process. Okay. Yeah, it was a very long process. A year ago? The, the 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 we started probably oh heck wow 
this idea was probably birthed summer of last year, summer wow. of 2018. Yeah, the idea was birthed in 2018, summer 2018. Uh, we started searching for um, uh, a keynote. Yeah. And I think we only signed them in um, maybe May, April or May oh, yeah, wow. of this year. Yeah. So we haven't had a very long run. So it was away. months and months of kind of going back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, like nothing could really be done until we had them signed. Like we weren't going to risk all sorts of budgets and resources. And you've never done that before. Not on this level. Yeah, not on this. But we're time xing for a thousand. Yeah, we're time xing. All right, and uh, not even just the people count. Uh, like the budget is very different than what we're used to. Than what you're used to doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, we don't know where we end up. I think we're, I, we're things are tracking really well right now. Uh, it's been an interesting process. It'll be a wonderful story to share with people who who plan on doing like big events like this. Um, but after afterwards, like it'll be a wonderful case study. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's huge, man. Congratulations. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. That's a big step to take. Oh, yeah. It's nuts. I've never spoken in front of uh, over 700 people before. So you've deci- you decided, yeah, we can do 10x. We can do 10 times what we think. Uh, and to do that, yeah. we, we're going to need to find like a, a brilliant keynote speaker. Mm-hmm. And you went on the search mm-hmm. and you locked it up. Yeah. Yeah, that was the easy part, though. <laughs> that wow. is the easy part. Wow! And then the, the wonderful thing about real estate is um, that's what's been funding all this—the mm-hmm. initial, the initial part, right? Um, like, like, truth about real estate is, we actually know events that have failed, and then people weren't paid back, oh. right? Versus we can actually financially back this <laughs> mm-hmm. and not have to take on partners, which is lovely. Like, you know, you've worked with joint venture partners. Uh, I've worked with joint venture partners. You don't always necessarily say the same, share the same vision. That's right. When there's money involved, then people think um, opinions can, can clash. Yeah, it can complicate. It can complicate. Things are already complicated. And the business matters. Yeah, and the business matters. Uh, like for example, we get we get we get we get people's input all the time. And like one thing I've learned is, uh, you know, ideas are wonderful. Everyone's full of ideas. It's the execution that it comes down to. And execution seems to be the hard, the shortest thing in supply in almost everyone's business, really. Right? Mm-hmm. The ideas are easy, right? Like, like you, like you understand. Like you're a coach, you can give a person the best coaching. It still comes down to the execution, right? So that's and that's and that's generally something that I've done well with is execution of a lot of uh, practices and theory, like real estate, right? It didn't take me long to from learning to uh, to applying, mm-hmm. right? And, and then we want the same thing for everyone that comes into our world is to have what we have, right? And I, and to be completely honest, I've never been clearer on how soon or how comfortable my retirement is. And I want the exact same thing for everyone. And then people might say, oh, you're just, you're, you're just money hungry. No, understand. And you, if, if people who know me well, I haven't you're shared... Just, you're business-minded. I am business-minded, but the end goal is still to change the world, right? For example... Sometimes there's benefits of being on social media. Someone was raising money for a charity in, um, I think it was Kitchener, Ontario. Uh, they're not a reg- they're not registered charity, small small charity, right? I think they have an operating budget of just a few thousand dollars. Uh, understand our operating budget's around forty thousand. We're significantly larger. Um, so I see them post, and what their charity does is, um, so understand our charity. We've always been trying to uh, help the most vulnerable, right? So I saw some post. Uh, 
trying to raise money for a charity in Kitchener, Ontario, what they do is they put together care packages for kids, for foster kids who are just pulled out of their homes and put into the intermediary home during Christmas. Oh, wow. And then my heart and the way I respond to bad things happening to people is I just drop F-bombs everywhere and I get angry, right? And just think again, when I, when I tell you about the charity work that we do, I am looking for the most vulnerable. And who is more vulnerable than like a child who just got taken from their home? When, when, you're ta- when you get taken from your home, you don't have time to pack, right? That's traumatizing. Oh, it's, it's horrific. It's horrific. And so people, so people who think like money is a bad thing, here's what I want to do if I have a boatload of money. And I'll get there. I will get there. I was thinking, hmm, this is just a quick brainstorm. This is how my mind just goes on a treadmill and just goes nuts. This is what I was thinking. I'll rent a bus and I'll load them all up and we'll take them all to like a, sky, like a, a trampoline park and we'll throw them a freaking party, right? I'll feed them. I'll clothe them, everything, right? And that's what I want to do. That's just me. Like that's, and that's what I'll do, right? And I may even just do this anonymously. Well, you know what? He, he, okay, so here's the difference. When you just sharing that, it's talk, it speaks to what your mindset is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if people are looking from the outside in and think you're just about the money, then why wouldn't Erwin just write a check and just be done with it? Mm-hmm. I have done if, that, that too. If that solves the thing. I mean, that's not that it's a bad thing, mm-hmm. but you look at your charity work and it's like bringing people together mm-hmm. everyone working for a common goal mm-hmm. and then actually being in the presence of the person who's going to get the benefit yeah. like seeing the look on their face like actually going through the entire emotional experience mm-hmm. of delivering that hope delivering that food which is like it's very experiential mm-hmm. and it's very um, it's in person and there's a intimacy and there's a warmth to it mm-hmm. and even and just this this example it's like well I, you know, I wouldn't just, no, I can do that too. I can write a check, mm-hmm. but also I would load up a bus full of them and we'll go to a trampoline park. We'll eat a, mm-hmm. an amazing dinner. We'll all share stories, get to know each other and just, yeah. just know that they're seen, know that right. they're, they're cared for. Right. Like that's, that's to me, that's super powerful. Right. Well, that's what I would do in my own city. For example, that we're talking about Kitchener, uh, you know, I would probably just make an anonymous donation and just follow yeah. along on social media. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, you know, I, it's, talk is great. I always believe talk is cheap. Actions speak louder. And I've done this. I actually don't tell anyone these things. One of my neighbors was posting on social media how they need to raise X amount of dollars so that their kid could participate in, in Easter Seals. So they have a special needs child who, who um, rides the short bus. They don't walk well, communicate well, those sorts of things, right? And then, again, for charity for Easter Seals, if you raise enough money, you get to go to a hockey practice with the Maple Leafs, Toronto Maple Leafs, right? I know they're big hockey fans. So I made I made an anonymous donation and then I got to watch on social media and enjoy <laughs> it, right? Uh, because uh, that is way more important than money to me, right? The couple the hundred... You can you use it to give. Yeah, yeah, because they have the time of their lives. They're posting pictures with like Michael Nylander and Matthew, Austin Matthews and Freddie Anderson and... You know, they, and it wasn't just the, the whole family got to participate. So, uh, so that's what money is to me. It is, uh, there's freedom for myself, but it's also, uh, it's a lot of fun to spend. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Christmas. Like it's, uh, it's better to give than receive. 
I'm completely like that. I can be, I can, I, uh, my personality is I don't really like receiving. <laughs> uh, You're a giver. Yeah. I way to prefer to give. I way prefer to give. It's, it's way more fun. Right. Oh man. Yeah. And then, yeah, even like they're with a conference, like 10% of, 10% of the, the profits will go to charity. Uh, you asked about why we did the conference as well. Uh, anyone who runs a charity or has done fundraising, fundraising is really hard. It is hard. It's a it's a hard value proposition to sell somebody. Like you give me money, to, to good things happen, right? To somebody else, it doesn't doesn't. It's not always easy to demonstrate that value to them. Um, so instead, we're focusing more on growing our businesses so that we can fund our charity, mm-hmm. right? And, and like my goal is to leave half half of what I'm worth. My wife and I. The goal is to leave half of what we're worth to the Basket Brigade charity. Um, so we, our operating name is Hamilton Basher Brigade, but we actually left the name more generic so we could, we could grow it. So the Basher Brigade charity is our official name. So we'll leave half of what we own or $5 million, whichever's more. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not to pass that soon. So anyways, so half, so $5 million is our plan. And then I want to earn 10%. I want that money invested to earn 10%. So then my charity has an operating budget of $500,000 mm-hmm. to implement change. Right. But again, like people who call me money hungry, like, yeah, I want a lot of money so that you can implement more change. Yeah. Directly without government assistance as frugally as possible. Like our charity is our charity work. Everything's donated, even like legal fees and stuff like that. I'll just write, I'll, I'll write a check to pay for it. Right. The accounting work, my wife donates it. Right. We need, we need stuff. Like I hired a videographer, for example, I just paid for it. Right. Out of my own pocket. The charity didn't pay for it. Stuff like that. So we are like a no frills charity. Yeah. Our admin costs are, are like very lean, very yeah. efficient. It's like wrapping paper, t- masking tape, and scissors. Stuff like that. That's our overhead. No labor, no trans, no tra- no gas, no no cars, no no wages, nothing. Right. We're lean and mean. And you know, people again say, "Oh, you're greedy." Like, I find me a charity or government institution that can run this lean. Right. Well, and I think it does take that business mind um, to run things at a very efficient and effective way, mm-hmm. uh, either as opposed to having like a overinflated mm-hmm. uh, budget or a salary. Mm-hmm. You, you know, there's, there's. That, that, I think that's what's so powerful about what you're doing. I mean, when I was the last time I was there, you guys run it like a machine. Yeah. I was just like, this is so fast. Like, you guys are just so effective. Everything mm-hmm. is. Like uh, Henry Ford style assembly line, like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Everyone's in and out. You get your list. Yeah. Okay, you drive off. Go, boom, boom. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, I think it was like an hour and a half or two hours of my time. If it was that, that long, I mean, I think it was maybe fa- faster than that. Yeah. I think I got like five houses. And then um, what you're doing now, you're going deep with it mm-hmm. because you're actually getting an opportunity to adopt a family. Mm-hmm. Can you share what that looks like for people who are listening? Because um, you know, Wealth Hacker Conference is going to be such a powerful event. And what you're doing is you are um, catalyzing change for a thousand people mm-hmm. who are going to take take responsibility, take ownership over their financial destiny mm-hmm. to create a sense of wealth and, and abundance for themselves and their yeah. families. Yeah. And with the hope that they all have causes that are close to their heart. Absolutely. And that they all have something that they want to make a difference in. Right. And that 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 uh, freeing themselves of the shackles mm-hmm. because of the, their ability to, you know, 
to access finances and, mm-hmm. and leverage your finances and put that towards the things that matter to them. Yeah. Um, this thing is so huge. The fact that you've, you're redirecting it and going deep with the families mm-hmm. where you're like, mm-hmm. okay, you get to adopt the family. Yeah. And yeah. It, so it goes from this massive thing that you're doing and then it's actually individual. It's like, so it's like, Eye to eye, heart to heart. It's not just individual though, because if I can teach more people to become millionaires, multimillionaires, like if you're a good person, you're likely going to help people. If nothing else, you help your own family. Yeah. If nothing else, you pay off your own mortgage and you can be mortgage free, right? When we talk about wealth hacking, it still comes down to the individual. It means what it means to you. Like my cousin just joined the army, for example. Wow. He's not an overly ambitious person, which is fine. That's who he is. But he's joining the army as a mechanic. He'll make a really good salary. Wow. And I'll get a government pension, <laughs> right? I'm through the roof for him, right? Well, I'll teach him other stuff when, he, when he's ready, when he wants some side hustles. He's, yes. only, he's only like when 19 years old. Yeah. yeah, when he's ready, right? Uh, but for anyone who wants more, right, like we will help you stretch, right? Because I, we have tons of clients who never thought they'd own an investment property, let alone 10. Mm-hmm. And we help, we help them get there. Yeah, share one of those stories so that people can get an idea. Some people who are listening might be early on in, mm-hmm. their, in their investing journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they're just opening up their eyes to it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they, they need to hear like what is actually right. possible with, right. with you know, working with somebody like you and your coaches right. uh, so that you know, you're not doing it alone. And you're following a, a proven system, a proven plan. And you're working with a team who does it all day long. Yeah, all day long. And we're a large, part of a larger team. So our most common client is usually parents from the GTA area. Uh, they're usually like in their mid to late 30s or in their 40s. And they're realizing it's only now hitting them how much it's going to cost to send their kids to university. And it's only hitting them now um, how precarious their work can be. Is that like the breaking point? Something, something wakes them up? to be like- Something has woken them up. As in like they don't. Like it was just an article today or yesterday in the Financial Post about how many people had do not have anywhere near enough money to to retire, right? I, I'm uh, I don't recall exactly, but I think it's over half of Canadians who don't have a pension. And when I mean pension, you mean like a good one, uh. like government pension, because <laughs> the Sears pension we know where that went, <laughs> right? The Stelco pension we know where that went, right? Like uh, it's it's just sad. It is so sad. Uh, so people are. I don't know what it is, but they eventually realize they have money troubles. They may they may be fine today, but they are not mm-hmm. going to be fine tomorrow, right? Like university. <laughs> I was I was talking to someone who actually can, who is a coach for young people for like age to twenty fifteen to twenty five, and we're talking about university. And she's telling me about her own kids, saying that her kid, her kids. So, so they made their kids pay as much as they could for university. So their one of their kids had to work on a farm for sixty hours. During the summer, right? Whoa, right? And that, you know, that's, that's, that's great. Probably build a lot of character. It probably still won't cover all the costs, right? It was, it, and then especially if they go, if they wanted to go like a, like a, one of the more expensive programs like business or if they want to go post-grad, especially mm-hmm. expensive stuff like law, business, medical, dentistry, all those are really expensive before, before housing costs. So I think parents are just realizing these things and then they come to us, right? Also their own retirement. If you don't have a pension, again, 60% of you uh, will not retire comfortably. 
like 60% will have to work. We'll have to work. We'll have to work in their retirement years. And that's something I'm not interested in. People need to like really let that land. Yeah. 60% of Canadians are going to work. In retirement. In retirement. And we're all living longer. And my own personality is I don't like to help ask for help. So like it, it kills me for the idea that people put out GoFundMes to help to ask for financial assistance. And I'm no different. I, I lay awake in bed. My wife, my daughter was about a week old. I'm like, I have all this responsibility now. And I couldn't sleep. So I was Googling. How much does it cost to send a kid to university? <laughs> Literally. And there's a Globe Mail article from 2015. And uh, based on inflation, it was going to cost $70,000, I think it was. Uh, $70,000 just tuition alone for four years for an undergraduate degree degree. So then again, let that sink in. How long does it take anyone to save $70,000? Right. The average person. Yeah. How long does it take the average person to save $70,000 a year? And then, and then understand my requirements are, I do not want to retire late. I want to actually retire in my forties. Right. Um, so then I bought our house. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, my daughter was born in January. We closed on her house in March. And then I did the same for my son. Took a little longer. <laughs> I took. I think my son was six months old before we bought him his house. Uh, and our customers are no, no different. A lot of them are trying to create financial security, uh, basically a, a, an education savings plan for their child. Uh, and then what we do is we do this every day, right? My wife's an accountant to small businesses and real estate investors. Uh, she does over 200 returns for a lot of real estate investors and realtors and stuff like that. So we know exactly what the best investments are. <laughs> and That's just your as, RESP. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you, you buy an investment property for your kid while they're super, super young. And yeah. by the time uh, they're old enough to decide mm-hmm. if they're going to go to college or university, mm-hmm. it's there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's there. It, it's there. And if, they, and if they decide to do something else, it's still there. It's still there. Yeah. 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 Well, just think for my own kids, like by the time they're 25, the house will probably be paid off. Yeah. Right. And they're free and clear asset and who knows what it's worth. Right. Like, is it out of the, is it out of the world that it would be worth a million dollars and they can do whatever they want with it. Right. Obviously my, my plan is that they'd be pragmatic, but that can form a down payment for their, for their first home. I don't expect them to live in it. Right. Or they can just keep collecting the cash flow, whatever. But then we have options. And that's the lovely thing about money. It gives you options. It gives you freedom. Uh, like in the, in the States, for example, the number two, number one cause of bankruptcy in the States is, is healthcare because it's private. Number two is student debt. Oh, yeah, I know. One and a half trillion student debt. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's massive. It's massive. And, and so, so let's go back to what we actually do is we, what we do with our clients is we know what the best practices are mm-hmm. in terms of. So they come to you with, I'm freaking out. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm going to retire. Yeah. I don't know like if my pension's going to even be right. there. Um, my kids they don't tell us they're freaking out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they are right. Yeah. Like in turn, like there, there, there's a reaction. This yeah. is they're coming to you as a reaction to, mm-hmm. oh, like time is ticking mm-hmm. right now, yeah. and I got to do something, so I'm talking to you. Yeah, and so like there has to be motivation. What's the, what's the path that you guide them on? So again, we know because we practice this weekly, daily. I'm an investor too. I own 10 properties. I know exactly what the best practices are mm-hmm. in terms of where a property should be, uh, what style of property, what type of renovations to do. And my whole team knows this because I've trained them personally. And along with property managers and contractors, for example, if anyone's worried about, oh, I don't have the time, you know what? Uh, we can help people buy property without actually even seeing it. 
Because to be honest, there's a good chance that we know what a good investment property no- looks like better than they do. Yeah. We know the zoning, we know like height requirements, we know driveway requirements, all those sorts of things, right? So then we uh, we actually have quite a few new clients that will write offers, conditional home inspection, so they have a chance to see it before they finalize it. And that saves them a lot of time as well. You can make one trip out and you get to see the property with a home inspector of your choice. You can choose whoever you want, right? Uh, and then that way, you also there's a lot of benefits to that. You save time and also we're often writing those offers before anybody else will. Right. So then we get yeah, ahead of competition. Yeah, full service. Yeah. yeah. And then if you're worried about like management and tenants and toilets and stuff like that, my property manager in Hamilton is a former police officer, 20 years experience on the, on the force. And he's over six feet tall and 220 pounds. <laughs> right. He is, uh, he's not a small guy. And, uh, and he, and his greatest skill is, and this is in his own interest as well, is he wants great tenants because that means less trouble for him. More money comes in for everybody. It's win, 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 right? So, and he'll locate the tenants for you. Our vacancy rates are nothing. And again, this all goes to back to best practices. We know we know what to be offering tenants so that our vacancy rates are like nothing, right? So yeah, full service. You know, you need a contractor. We got somebody. Uh, you need anything. We got somebody, and it's the same people that we use personally. Right. You're again, everyone's free to use whoever they want uh, or you're free to use whoever we use. And that is the best advice I can give any investor is, especially if they're starting out, is find someone you align with and just do exactly what they do. Right. If you don't know what they do, go ask what they do. Go see what they do. Can you give me the addresses? Like I'll drive by, you can have some pictures, what the number's like. Because we, we're, we're open book. Right. You want to know my numbers? Here's my numbers. This is what I rent for. This is who manages it. This is what I paid for it. This is what the renovations cost. Because that's what's needed to educate people. I, I, I think it's just so important that we realize that when it comes to matters like this where we, where we might not be the expert and we might be just starting to dive into it, but mm-hmm. we're, maybe we're ready to take action. It's so important mm-hmm. that we realize there's going to be a level of stress and anxiety because mm-hmm. it is new and might be the first time. Mm-hmm. But when you let go and trust a process mm-hmm. that's proven mm-hmm. all that anxiety and stress kind of goes down it kind of drops yeah. and so you could actually be free and clear to to take an to take action to actually do something if yeah. you just follow the path the plan follow the path yeah that's been my whole life like i t- like i mentioned earlier how someone gives me good advice i go implement mm-hmm. right i obviously validate the source i check references i look at what they've done right well, like we talked about social media for example <laughs> i only follow people who, who have students who deliver results, who achieve results, right? This one guy is out there. He's, love, he's a lovely entertainer who's an entrepreneur, but I've yet to meet any of his followers who are successful. So then, so I stopped following that person. Mm-hmm. I am interested in results, yeah. end of the day. Nothing. So what kind of things have p- people been able to, like your clients been able to uh, accomplish? Well, so we have, like, yeah. So we have, again, we have clients, <laughs> our, main, our main clientele is usually parents, who want to be able to retire earlier and and help their kids through school and get the first down payment type of stuff. So yeah, we those exact people. We have uh, like we have one client. Her name is Margaret. She's so financially secure now. She's building a, she's building a custom home a chalet in Collingwood near Blue Mountain. Oh wow! Right, like that's amazing. Right, uh, this one client. Her name is Evelyn. She started with us when she was twenty six years old. She's now it's now been like eight years, and she bought not one boat. She bought a second boat. 
to replace the first one. The first one was, was too, the first one was too small at 20 something feet. So she had to buy a bigger one. Too at, small. At 30 something feet. And then oh, she retired wow. her husband. Right. They own 10 properties. Doesn't take much. Right. Doesn't take that much. People overthink things. Mm-hmm. And this is consistent with our clients is, uh, we, we show them a path and we help them along. Um, we have my friend Koch, like he was able to, to, to build a pension for himself. Uh, quote unquote pension for himself with like six properties and but also on the, the he knows his path now right same idea he, he fathered two young kids he wants to retire his wife uh he's gone full-time investor now he's building houses right so it really opens up doorways for people absolutely does absolutely does and then even like for my and then people don't have to be as aggressive as this mm-hmm. i consider myself an intermediate investor for the most part i buy Eight or nine out of ten houses I buy or just buy on MLS. It's because I know I know where the market's going. I don't I don't really know where the market's going. I've just been really accurate in my guessing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, anyone to you know, I buy mostly in Hamilton and St. Catharines. Anyone can just go check the last ten years how that markets have, how those markets have done and how the rents have done. Right. Mm-hmm. I've just been really accurate. Uh, even during the housing crisis. So the, sorry, the um, when they announced the housing fairness plan and the market came down. Uh, from top to bottom, it came down 10% in my market, right? I still bought two houses on the way down because I knew where the market was going mm-hmm. and it worked out right. Yeah. You're thinking more long-term. I, I, um, like people make the mistake that thinking the investing, they think of investing, this is investing. Like, no, this is a business to me. Like this is my livelihood. This is my family's savings plan. Uh, I am a complete student of economics. I look at macro. I follow what Trump tweets, like him or not. He moves the market. Uh, I follow what the U.S. Fed Bank does because all those things affect what we what happens here in Canada. Right? I follow the U.S. and China trade stuff. I'm I am. Uh, what are the things that concern you? Concern me? Like on a, on, a, on a macro level? On a macro level? Yeah, things that might not be necessarily on our radar. Right. That you're paying attention to because mm-hmm. you are a student of, of yeah. economics. So I'm deathly fearful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, all of your. Your motivation to act, mm-hmm. um, some people will not realize like that is like you're protecting, like you're protecting yourself. Yeah. That's how I see it. Yeah, absolutely. And your family, you're protecting your family and the future of your family. Like when I bought my daughter's house, I wasn't thinking I was going to make all this money. I was thinking there's a chance this house could double. There's a chance this house could triple, quadruple, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then what's going to happen when she's old, when she's 20 years old and wants to buy a home? Yeah. Right. It's largely thought of a hedge. Right. All these things are happening. Immigration is something like 400,000. Self-insuring in um, a way. Yeah. What if? Because I say it to people all the time. Like, well, what'd you buy your house for? Oh, they'll say whatever. And I'll say, I'll ask them, like, is there, like, would you be surprised if your house doubled in the next 10 years? It's like, no, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> don't you think you should have two? Buy another one. <laughs> yeah. Don't you think you should have two? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and the lights go off. Right? Because I'm thinking the same thing. What mm-hmm. if? Yeah, so what's the things that you're noticing that we, we should be concerned about? Like, So things that we should be concerned about are... So first, let's look at what's going on. We're looking at... Our governments are always always want more immigration because we need it for our tax base to be able to fund CPP and all our pensions and stuff to, to fund the tax coffers, right? So that, look at every government, every federal government, they've increased that number, right? Even all the people that hated Harper, he actually, he actually set the number higher. Trudeau mm-hmm. said it even higher. 
probably the next guy will set it higher. <laughs> so they, it's all pro-immigration. Uh, we're going to have uh, statistically about uh, 37% of those Canadians end up in Ontario, Golden Horseshoe. So we have that, right? Anyone, anyone from this area just looks around. There's a flood of people. There's a flood of people and there's no, no one's building. No one's building houses. Yeah. And if they're building houses, they're in the sticks, right? Not everyone wants to live in the sticks. So there's that, right? Uh, interest rates are low. Trump is, Trump is telling his bank, his, the US Fed, to discount rates faster and more aggressively. <laughs> right? So more access. Yeah, he wants more money flowing money, into yeah. the system. He wants more lending. Uh, he wants to push inflation, right? He wants to grow their economy. Canada was not going to sit here idle. They'll likely match. Uh, same thing with the rest of the world. Australia just had a cut this week or last week. The Euro Bank just had a cut uh, about two weeks ago. So they're minus, uh, minus half percent. So if you deposit money with the European credit, European bank, then it actually costs you money to leave your money there. So that's what the world is. So with cheap money, real estate goes up. So where, where the problem, where, right. where we, where, and a lot of people tell me this as well. Like I'm not the only person who thinks where the problem is, is what if the bank stopped lending? Right. But then think about that, what that means. The, does the bank want to stop lending? This is how they make money. Tighten. Yeah. Do they want to tighten? Not, they don't want or to. Or interest rates go up. Again, with everyone else cutting rates, if we just, if we raise yeah. rates, then we hurt our own economy. Mm-hmm. We hurt our exports. Everything that we sell, that we export, like automotive, for example. Everything affects everything. Yeah. If you make our exports more expensive, you hurt our economy, right? And no one wants to do that, especially with an election coming up. <laughs> so the the biggest thing that I see as a threat is, well, there's a couple things. Like, um, is the, the, there's a lot more tenants than landlords. So the legislation cannot, probably won't favor us anything that gets implemented. Uh, and then if, what if the banks stop credit lending? What if there's no more lending, right? So that'll hurt real estate values. But I've lived through the financial crisis. I was an investor through the financial crisis in 2007, 2008. And what happened? My rents went up. My vacancy was nothing mm. because no one could buy, right? No one could get mortgages. So what are you left doing? Renting. Yeah. So my rents went up, right? So what is the worst case? As long as you can hang on to your stuff, because we preach this to our clients as well. If you're flip, you want to do student rental, you want to rent to own, I don't care what, it, what your plan is, you have ready to own that property for 10 years. Right? You have to be okay with the decision of owning that property mm-hmm. for 10 years. Because uh, I don't think we've ever seen a downturn that long. <laughs> but you got to be able to weather the storm. Right? And there's storms coming. Like No one kid ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's just we've been so insulated from storms because we have so much immigration. Right, the 2007-2008 dip was almost nothing. If you go back and look at Toronto real estate prices, I think prices retreated for two months. The greatest recession in the world, world recession, and since like the Great Depression, and real estate prices in Toronto retreated two months. Like, <laughs> and and it's public information. Anyone can go look it up. Right. And even if you bought in like 1989, look where it is today. Because I actually yeah. did the math. If you bought Toronto piece of Toronto or average piece of Toronto real estate in 1989, and then you sold it in like 2017, right? You still would have made like almost seven percent a year, right? And I mean, I mean, that's the price appreciation. If you didn't, if you put a down payment down of like twenty percent, you made a lot of money, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Just like, like everything. I gotta be prepared to hold on. No different than the stock stuff I'm doing. You gotta be prepared to hold on. Mm-hmm. You gotta be able to, uh, like I said, with real estate, I was continue. I bought two houses on, on the decline of the market. Right. It's no different than stock, the stock stuff I'm doing. You have to be prepared to, uh, to average in, right. Smartly though. Right. Yeah. I mean, like if you are, if the market goes down, mm-hmm. it's only when you sell that you take a loss. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, a lot of and real estate you, investors. Yeah. If you hung on, if you stayed, mm-hmm. there's a huge, like the last 10 years have been great. Yeah. So, I mean, I think what you're like, what I'm seeing from your analysis and from your perspective is like, there's so many things at play that mm-hmm. actually kind of, that you can actually benefit from and you yeah. can protect yourself from. Yeah. Um, that's everything I do, though. Whenever I read yeah. something, I'm always like, what's the lesson in this? Yeah. What can you take away? What can I take away? And then often is, how do I profit from this? Massive immigration, historically low interest rates, which are likely going lower. Right? What else do you want to do? My rents are going up. I had a, had a vacancy. Uh, my rent went up $300 a month from 1500 to 1800 I talked to my product managers. They're, they're like a 1% vacant. It's a 1% vacancy, basically. So this is just business, yeah. right? There's sca- still scarcity in the product. Yeah, there's not the, enough units. And when is that going to change? Yeah. When is it, how when... how can it catch up when there's thousands and thousands of people moving in? So I think that's a that's huge. People need to open their eyes and realize that that's a that's an opportunity to, mm-hmm. to position yourself for to be able to take advantage of mm-hmm. if you're not there already. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that's awesome. It is awesome. And again, like I treat this like a business. If you look at the crash of 1989, so you know if you're going to invest as much money as we do in real estate, you should study up a little bit. In my opinion, mm. right? So I go look back at 1989. So and this is this is when. So anyone who's taking advice from someone about real estate, so so say whatever opinion they have, I'll I'll start asking them some questions to test their knowledge. I'll ask something as simple as what has to happen for interest rates to go up. If they don't have a good answer, I don't really care what their opinion is on real estate, right? And then for a deeper question would be, how far, how bad was 1989, the housing crash in 1989? From peak to bottom, how about, how much was it? Then they'll tell me. And I, then I'll, 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 I'll advise them how it was. And then I'll ask them, how long did it take to get to the bottom? Right? It took about four years to get to the bottom. So even though it was like a, I don't remember offhand, I think it was something like a 30% correction. So it took like four years to get there, <laughs> to get to the bottom. So you could have sold at any point on the way down <laughs> and not gotten slaughtered, right? But people don't know this. Yeah. They just said, oh, crashes, bubbles, interest rates that have to go up. Right? And so then I asked them further and it's no different than anything. I'm honestly here to learn, right? Because what if I don't know who they are sometimes? So you tell me, like, tell me how this works. And I'm, I'm looking for, and I'm looking for stre- people that will stress test my understanding, right? Because that's how you learn. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm looking for lessons everywhere. And I'm looking for lessons from, like, for example, I talked to a lot of people from Alberta who invested in Alberta. How did you get through it? Right? And that's, and that's partly how we design our own investment strategy, right? I want to insulate my investment strategy four recessions so my friends in alberta they've had they've gone through like two recessions in the last eight years yeah right so if you want to learn from someone how to survive it talk to one of them (laughs) how do you weather the storm yeah how do you weather the storm 
Yeah. It's easy to look good when everything's going up. Yeah. It's easy to look good. And yeah. Like you're you're brilliant. Yeah. But when things are really tough, I mean, I mean, you started your investing career when it was tough for yeah. a lot of people, and we were, people were very challenged. And I think people need to uh, realize that if you are taking for granted that the market is doing so well and it's making you look smart, like realize that you probably have not experienced the full cycle yeah. of the market. Yeah. And when you I think that reveals about reveals your character and reveals your intelligence um, when you are actually at the bottom of a market Mm -hmm. and you can still act and you can still weather the storm and Mm -hmm. you can still think clearly Mm -hmm. and not just completely panic. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are foreseeing Mm -hmm. um, the the possibility of panic, the possibility of, of, of everything dropping. It's like, well, not if. Yeah. Like when? When? Yeah. Like this is it's it's going to happen. Right. What goes up must come down. Right. If it has a nature of going up, it is right. going to go down. Um, the thing that that started showing up for me recently is I, I want to. I was wondering the motivation. Like, has have, do you become more motivated becoming a parent? Like, does that allow you? to be more i mean because you're doing so many more videos now (laughs) right like like you're actually putting yourself out there in a different way yeah and i think you mentioned to me you're like i'm gonna do more videos man like it's super uncomfortable it feels super awkward doing it but like this is something so important and like all of it contributes to um your business and Mm -hmm. it it contributes to um, what you're trying to accomplish right and it's so it's vulnerable and Mm -hmm. it's like what do people think of me and like how Mm -hmm. do i look right Mm -hmm. now and you know am i am i speaking properly Mm -hmm. do i make sense right so so many things can show up being being uh, on video so i'm wondering like does you know you being a parent uh create more drive and motivation for you to do things like that like Mm -hmm. okay i'm gonna you know, this event, let's 10X it. Let's mm-hmm. find a crazy keynote. All right, let's put ourselves out there, like me mm-hmm. and my wife. Let's mm-hmm. be, do more videos. Let's show our face so much more and actually be more engaged, more active. I don't know if they make me more motivated, but there's definitely some things they've tweaked in my head. <laughs> tweaked? Yeah. There's definitely some things that uh, that they've triggered. <laughs> <laughs> like, for example, my oldest is a, do- is a girl. That's my daughter. So... Uh, any any dads out there of daughters that understand you're you're naturally very def- protective of them, right? Very protective. So, for example, uh, she doesn't have a choice; and she'll start doing jujitsu soon enough, right? Um, I've basically declared she's not allowed to go to university until she has a black belt, until she has the ability to end all fights, right? Basically, <laughs> right? Like you, you've you've rolled too. You understand? You black. Rolled. You're in the black belts world. You're in you're in a world of hurt. I rolled for five minutes with one of the black belts. Yeah, uh, and I think I got choked out. I got strangled like twelve times. That's not bad in five minutes. That's not bad. Well, he was letting me. I could tell yeah. like he was giving me uh, yeah. positions, yeah. and then he would get out of them, yeah. and then he would just yeah. choke me from out of nowhere, yeah. like with my own gi. And I'm like, oh my god, I didn't even yeah. see this coming. Yeah, yeah. At some point, I'm gonna go dive deeper into it. But yeah, yeah. like that level of intelligence the fight intelligence yeah. they've had that much practice and any fight yeah so you want that for her yeah yeah exactly like any and for for context for anyone if you don't play hockey and you go play hockey against one of your kids it's it's that's what it's like right there's no competition they've had so much more practice than you doesn't really matter who they are or their mm-hmm. physical ability mm-hmm. they've had that much practice there's no competition um so there's that and also there was uh the, my understanding is a lot of daughters will marry men who are like their fathers. So I have to set a really high bar. 
right? If this is something I can control, I'll set the bar as high as I can, right? And then the bar bar is so way. high. In what way? The bar is so high, like this person should be able to beat me up, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because I'll, I'll be like 60, but, you know, <laughs> right? But I'll probably have my black belt by then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But again, like they, they have to be better than me, right? Any dad out there will, will appreciate the same thing. And then the same is, you know, it's funny because the first time I saw this meme was uh, with referring to your pet. Be be the pet uh, parent. Be who you think or be who your pet thinks, thinks you, you are. are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? I love that. And here I'm trying to be the parent my kids would be proud of. Wow. Right. And you know, it's funny now. It's I, I We're probably the first generation where these conversations are coming up. Because I'm having these conversations regularly with other parents. I don't want to raise spoiled kids, <laughs> mm. but you don't have these conversations unless you're doing well. And that's, these are the people who are around me now. Yeah. It's, 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 it's funny. It's kind of funny that way. Uh, but yeah, that's how they motivate me. Um, they, I want them to have contacts because everything, because kids are, they don't know, right. They have no idea what's going on. For example, when we did basket brigade stuff, we'll meet kids and they're so happy. They're so happy. They have no idea how hard they have it right we're delivering to them because they have trouble putting food on the table affording clothing someone someone in the school board identified them as a as a need case yeah right the kids are happy as hell right that's their context yeah so when they get older and they can recall some of those memories and they can start understanding a little bit more that appreciation Mm -hmm. really gets ingrained where i was going was i want my kids to know public speaking is normal right I'll I'll hang Christmas lights. I have a definitely I mentioned that I have definitely fear of heights. I'll go hang Christmas lights and pretend I'm not scared, so that my kids have context that you're not supposed to be scared of heights. I'm afraid of spiders. When I see a spider, I don't act like I'm scared for their benefit because I don't want to teach them to be afraid of spiders. Uh, I'm a landlord. I bring my kids to meet my tenants. I don't want them to think collecting rent money from from tenants is a bad thing, right? It's all about providing mm. them context, right? If you um, because that'll become They'll become a part of who they are and what they think is normal. Because what we do is not normal, right? Which is weird because I'm not that different than anybody else. I'm a pretty normal guy. <laughs> but it's 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 being weird is where like you're actually you're an explorer. You know, you're one of the first people going into the the, the abyss. And then coming back so that you can share the benefits with us, mm-hmm. so that we could actually uh, gain the wisdom that you've gained mm-hmm. along your along your path. Yeah. Um, and I think we all need those, right? We need those pioneers who are mm-hmm. willing to stick their neck out, and mm-hmm. that's what you're doing. Yeah. Like you're sticking your neck out out there. You're risking yourself. You're risking being judged. You're ris- risking making a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, you're taking leaps. And then, like even you said, like with with Wealth Hacker, you're like, yeah, it'll, it'll be a good case study. And when people are looking to learn how to create like a, a similar kind of event, like we'll have, you know, a story. We'll have a great mm-hmm. story. We'll have mm-hmm. a great template. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of lessons learned. So you're you're already far beyond the the event. You're looking at okay, this yeah. is there's other things that people will benefit from. Absolutely, just me going through this, right? Which is a different mindset for a lot of people. I think it's tough to go beyond the the immediate challenges and obstacles mm-hmm. and then look outside of ourselves and like think a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. a little bit wider and a little bit more mm-hmm. long term. So it's great to have that example, like you as an example. 
I just think it's <laughs> when when people try to talk talk to something they have no experience about, like you know, take it for what it's worth, and then I'm just here to share. Like for example, I have I have a member of Iwin who uh, who joined with us from the very beginning, and he was he was um, I didn't I didn't find out directly. I found out through my wife because he was talking to that person's wife. <laughs> I found, so I found out indirectly how his mind was just blown by a presentation I gave because my Airbnb is not doing well, right? Mm. Uh, it's it's a suburban property. Um, because it's not doesn't have it's not near touristy stuff and doesn't have great transportation stuff like that. Uh, that's why I didn't perform well. So that's actually the house I'm going to sell to fund my stock trading account. But anyways, <laughs> but the the gentleman the, the my member was saying how nobody ever shares failures from stage, right? That's funny because I was literally just about to ask you something you, that you did that was wrong. Yeah, this or was like wrong. A, like a, like a mistake or a this failure. is a mistake. Yeah. I spent like $15,000 to furnish this house, right? I could, you know, I think anyone listening to this can think of better things, better things to do with $15,000, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's just to furnish it. We renovated it nice too for, for Airbnb purposes, right? Again, I'm not, not saying it's not a good strategy. Um, ours is a little different because we, we pay 20% to a property manager because um, we want this to be as passive as possible. Well-earned money. I'm not judging that as well-earned money. Anyone who wants to do this, uh, anyone who wants mm-hmm. to have, have a lot of properties in scale, you have to be able to outsource things. Um, so again, not judging. And so yeah, that's that's it. Uh, that didn't work out. As that much. didn't work out. Uh, there's lots of cases where I've seen do you, where do you, are you the you don't beat yourself up. No. Yeah, you don't. Seem no. To, yeah. No, you move forward. Right? You're just like okay. Well, let's fold. Like oh, let's put it. Let's put it on the market. Let's sell yeah. it and then move on. No one's going to get bogged down by it. No, because no one's going to pick you up, right? Yeah. What do you say to the people who do? Like, I'm one of the people who sometimes like I'm just like I get I get sucked sucked into it. Right. No, it's action. Because go go back to how we got this property was it was a student rental, right? So you already had it. We we already had it. It was a student rental. We had we had uh, a one really bad tenant who vandalized the property, right? Couldn't get him out. Uh, cops wouldn't do anything. He was a, a bully to the other tenants, so we couldn't rent it out. All these problems, right? And then when when we finally got him out, then we did the Airbnb strategy. So again, it didn't work out. But then, and the like, end of the day, no one cares. No one cares if you have problems, right? No one cares if you're broke. No one cares you can't retire when you're sixty five, right? Because no one's going to do anything about it, right? There are some people like me that are out there to try to help people. But I can't help someone retire at 65 unless they try, unless mm-hmm. they put up, put up the effort. Yeah. Because um, the proof is in the pudding. We've done it for many people. We have over 100 investor clients who all have positive cash flowing property. I'm not here to pitch anything. <laughs> but yeah, I failed lots. I, uh, I've shared it on my podcast where people have failed. Like uh, Tom Sullivan, for example, came on my podcast. Mm. I specifically asked him because he's in the middle of a lawsuit with, with his joint venture partner. What oh, happened? Man. Right? Uh, and you know, so that's to share some lessons is anytime you give up control of your money, there's always risk, right? Tom's case. Oh boy. Like didn't see the property. It was like an hour drive from Montreal. Like there are all these potential landmines and I saw them before he saw them. Cause I've just been around longer. Right. Not to disparage Tom. It's just, he didn't, there was so many steps of due diligence that were missed. Oh man. Right. And then his own partner, his own partner, 
ended up doing enough due diligence because they ended up in court for a reason. <laughs> right. And, and that's, uh, so I'm not saying you can't partner with anyone. I still, I still have people managing some of my funds. Um, it just takes a lot of vetting. Right. Uh, so speaking of partners, you yeah. and your wife. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Power couple. No. Tag team. No. How's that? Like, I find that it's, it's not, it's not a common thing that, a, that husband and wife right. will partner in business. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, one of the challenges is when do you draw the line? Like, where's the boundary of, yeah. we're going to talk about work now. Yeah. And then we're talking about, we're just hanging out. We're just being together, enjoying our life together, our mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. But like you have, now you're, you're, lives are intertwined in so many yeah. different ways yeah. and you know it could be such a benefit because now you're you know you're together in it like yeah. you're both invested in it and you're both going to benefit from it your family your future your generations um but also at the same time it's like when things are challenging mm -hmm. like things are frustrating mm -hmm. um like how does that like how does that pan play out together no different than for any other couple it's challenging. This yeah. this time is challenging. Usually, it's not this challenging. We don't have because of the because of wealth hacker because of, yeah because of the investment we made the time requirements uh so many things we've learned like it's creating strains oh yeah yeah, yeah. and like even right now I can feel the stress <laughs> of the event uh, I've never been this stressed in, in a really long time but you know well, you we'll, don't look, we'll fight you don't look stressed uh I probably, more, that's more like an internal thing that you probably that you go through yeah I would say yeah. Yeah, um, like we fight like other couples do as well. Uh, just we fight over this, <laughs> <laughs> right? We'll fight over our, our properties and stuff like that as well. Um, but the nice thing though is that Cherry understands our business so well that it's it's uh, there's no unknowns, right? There are unknowns. Mm -hmm. It's not the same unknown, right? For example, uh, I'll have this is where I have we have a lot of challenges with clients are when when they have say a married couple when one partner is completely against the idea of investing right one is completely wanting to invest and then once they do invest something goes slightly wrong not even really wrong like for us who are who have been this for a while when a tenant leaves it means you can raise the price of rent so like yay good good thing right and yeah. this in this kind of relationship tenant leaves world sky's over sky's falling sell a property right and that causes friction there right because one partner really doesn't understand it all, right? Versus my wife has a pretty good understanding. Yeah, you're on the same page. Yeah, she has a pretty good understanding of everything I'm up to. And just generally, she's quite supportive of what we do, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah, like even with the stock stuff, which is new, uh, she, she attended the same course that I did. And so she understand, she understood it conceptually. She knows the same people that I know uh, that, that they are able to do this yeah tell us so you've been doing a lot of posts about the I actually stocks. haven't i actually haven't done anything different it's just people pay attention to it i think pay, yeah people are commenting more maybe and there's yeah. a lot more engagement with there's it. there's a lot more engagement so i would love to know where like where did that come from the right. interest in in working on you know like stock trading and options and right. things like that which to me is like it's foreign right it's 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 crazy that's foreign because once you once you start practicing it you're going to freak out and be like, why didn't I do this sooner? Yeah. Like, for example, I, I shared a YouTube so what's a, video. What's a broad, you know, view of it all? Broad view. So the, it's not an easy thing to explain to people who don't have uh, finance backgrounds and stocks and bonds and puts and calls and stuff like that. So the easiest way to explain it is uh, I am being paid to buy stocks at prices I want. 
and I'm doing this on blue chip stocks. All the American stocks that I'm trading on are owned by Warren Buffett. Uh, and I get paid to do this. And I get paid up front. Right? A uh, bit more complicated is I'm basically insuring stock prices. Again, on these are stocks that are uh, blue chip. This is not a recommendation. This is what I'm just sharing what I'm doing. But for example, uh, I did Bank of America today. Right? Literally like two hours before this recording, Bank of America. Because it's one of the biggest banks uh, we've seen in the past. It's too big to fail. During the 2007-2008 crisis, it went down to $4. Too big to fail. Right Now it's $28. Number two holding by Warren Buffett is Bank of America. So if I go broke on Bank of America, something happened in the world. <laughs> right? And again, go back to what we talked about real estate. You have to be, be ready and willing to bear this word of the storm. Because mm-hmm. that's what I am. But that's why I chose something so safe. Yeah. Right? It so it's, it's still conservative. Because I think some some people would get the first get impression, like risky and... Oh, absolutely. Everyone thinks this is risky. Yeah, yeah. The that was my first impression. I'm just like, well, I'm like, oh, everyone's getting into... Right. Because that, didn't, that yeah. didn't match what I know. Oh, I hate you. risk. Yeah. <laughs> I hate risk. Uh, but again end of the day i have to own bank of america for less than the current stock market price mm. so for example i'm insuring bank of america at 2550 $25.50 it's currently trading at $28 right if i have to pay 2550 for it i'm a lot better off than yeah. anyone else in the market got it right and also i was paid to do it i was paid 1% i was paid 25 cents up front up front contract is 100 shares so i was paid 25 dollars. and this is something that is going to be talked about and and yeah. and taught yeah at, at wealth hacker conference my friends omar and matthew have they've been doing this for 12 years experience uh they've made lots of mistakes along the way until they refined this strategy and mm. and these guys um they earn a mid-level six-figure income just from this just from this 30 minutes a day and as a result of doing this, this still works beautifully for real estate because they took their income from, from doing stock hacking. To Omar owns over 30 properties, over 100 doors, some of it's some large commercial stuff. Uh, and Matthew bought 10 properties, right? So we're t- so this all works beautifully. And how I funded my account, I funded my account 10 grand to start. So, you know, you should take baby steps, right? I, I, I took equity out on, on my student rental to fund this account. And as I shared earlier, uh, because I'm earning such a higher yield right now, I'm making right now my, my return on investment is 4% in five weeks. I've collected $920 in cash. Um, so that's why I'm selling. I, wow. Um, I have a lot of real estate. I don't have any equities, um, stocks, bonds, anything like that. And so this is just a bit of diversification. So and also, I want more. You yield. About recommend people to be at a certain I'm not recommending level. Anything. Okay, you're not. Yeah, so there's no no recommendation, <laughs> but it sounds more like you know um, something that you're going to dive into yeah. at the conference, so that people yeah, who are absolutely. interested and want to find out, like, am I am I ready? Like, like how much do I need to know? Like, where do I oh. need to be at? They're gonna find that out. They're gonna find that out, and yeah. I, I've been down this path as well. My Omar, I've known for uh, I've known Omar for a long time because we belong to the same real estate investment network, the same yeah. one that you belong to as well. And then there's one day he told me, "Do you know what I do?" <laughs> and I go, "Yeah, you do stock stuff." He yeah. goes, "No, it's not what I do." So he explained to me what he did, 
what he does, how much money he makes doing it. And he told me to read two books. So I read those two books right away. I ordered them right away. Uh, and then I did nothing because all oh, this sounds too complicated. I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, it's not in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, new. Absolutely. Just like people but you were willing to entertain it. You were willing to... No, I wasn't willing to entertain it until this past April. We ran into each other at a restaurant. Oh, I mean reading it though. Like, like you were, oh, I read you it right were willing to like read and expose yourself. Oh, I crushed those books. Yeah, yeah. I crushed those books within 30 days. But you didn't take action on it yet. Didn't take action on it. Okay. Uh, you know, life gets in the way. I'm busy. Uh, there's all this family, other stuff that's all working. All this other stuff. There's all this other yeah. stuff. Yeah. Real estate's working. working well. Real estate's working wonderfully, if anyone doesn't know. Right? <laughs> It was honestly, I wanted to know. And then in April, I ran into him and uh, we're, we're, we're friends, right? Acquaintances. He sat down with us and he, and he goes, and the funny thing is, even though he makes a lot of money, his nickname is the communist because he loves paying tax. He loves Canada. Like he's traveled lots. Oh, wow. No different than I. I love Canada. I love yeah, being Canadian. Yeah. Paying taxes, you know, the cost of living here and it's worth it, right? So he's, he's, he's bugging me again. You doing stocks yet? You doing stock options yet? And I said, no. See, the importance of the right people around you, oh, right? Giving you the nudge like, and the reminder. Absolutely. Because you, you weren't ready before. Wasn't ready but before. this nudge, oh. But understand the, the timing, right? This is the nudge, though. The nudge was, hey, you know Adriano? Yeah, I know Adriano. My electrician. So <laughs> the same electrician who took the knob and tube wiring out of this Airbnb I'm selling. He's my electrician. Yeah. He goes, he's my electrician, too. I told him to make six figures in, in his first 12 months. I'm like, what? <laughs> wow. Like, my electrician can do this? Right? So then I was thinking, maybe I can do this too. So then I started. Right? And then and then once we were getting into it, I talked to Adriano. Like I had a good hour-long conversation with him. understood that he was doing really well. Right? And I told Omar, we got to share this with the world. Wow. Because everyone, there's way too much financial struggle out there. So did you, so it's like, you exp- you learned it and you experienced uh, mm-hmm. the benefit of mm-hmm. it, and now you're turning around and you're using what you're skilled at and and helping him yeah. multiply yeah. the the value, yeah. like help help impact other people by teaching it and training it. Because mm-hmm. understand you, that's I don't, huge. Understand, I already think nobody knows who I am. If no one knows who I am, no one in turn nobody knows who Omar is. <laughs> but at least I have an audience, right? So I said, Omar, we got to share this with the Amazing, world. Amazing, man. Right, because he's already taught fifty of his friends how to do this, and you and I know a lot of them. Wow! Right, you're having lunch with one of them next week, and he's yeah. doing really well. And what is his training? He's a jazz guitarist. Yeah. That is his formal educational background, and he's doing. And uh, you can ask him. Get him on the podcast. And he's doing well in stocks. He's doing well in this as well. Yeah. And he and he's brought down his retirement age probably 10, 15 years. And also a much more lucrative retirement age, <laughs> as in he'll be earning a lot more money. And that's why I said at the beginning, I am so much clearer on what my retirement's going to look like. And Having it's going to be sooner. Things now. Well, I still have three things. I well, still have a lot of things. Well, you have the business. I mean, in terms of just like just real estate, just in investment, Investing. like real estate yeah. and then the stocks. Yeah. Yeah. Because businesses, though, that's like, that's the animal that's that, that gets it all going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But even even if uh, even if nothing else changes, even if my business doesn't grow from after the event, you know it does quite well. Mm-hmm. My portfolio is doing very well, and I can just do this do this uh, stock hacking stuff as a side hustle. I'll, I'm fine. I'm, yeah. I'm I can live a very happy life. Well, this is a you know like I, I want to wrap it up because I know you, you have so many more things to do today, yeah. and you have so much on your plate, man. Yeah. But you know the thing that I want 
to the thing that I get from the conversation today is just like the visions that I have is how disconnected everybody feels and, you know, just being overwhelmed and bombarded with so much information and mm-hmm. kind of feeling like paralyzed because yeah. of all that information. A lot of it doesn't work either. Yeah. And a lot of, and a lot of it doesn't work. Yeah. And the whole thing is, you know, one of the most important studies that, that I've heard about, it's called the Grant study. And it, they looked at 70, for 70 years, they looked at these two different groups and they asked, okay, what contributes to longevity and to mm. health and to well-being? Mm-hmm. They found that it was relationships, mm-hmm. connections. And it's different when you are actually in proximity with people doing things that you might think is impossible. Right. Just like you, right? Like you're in proximity with someone like Omar mm-hmm. who opened up a window and said, hey, look, can you see that? Yeah. Like this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And you know the guy that, that you hire for your for your properties as an electrician? He's also doing that. Yeah. Then all of a sudden because you're in these relationships and these mm-hmm. connections mm-hmm. – you, you start to open up your eyes and it's mm-hmm. not just something you read in a book or some video that you saw online. It was like re- like real, tangible. You can experience it. And you'd be like, oh my God, if they can do it, of course, of course I can do it. Mm-hmm. And I think um, if anything, with your conference coming up, that's what I look forward to. Mm-hmm. I look forward to people um, being in the same vicinity of one another mm-hmm. and starting to discover, um, okay, I can take control of my life. There's things that I can do to increase my wealth capacity for me and my family. Mm-hmm. Um, there is abundance out there. Mm-hmm. And there's there's support. Mm-hmm. And there's people out there who are doing, doing it. it. Yeah. And they've done it. You know, They have 10 times, 100 times mm-hmm. more experience doing it. And they will walk the path with you. And I think that's super powerful. So that, yeah. that's the thing that I'm excited about when it yeah. comes to, to your conference, man. Yeah. Can it's, you tell us about who, who, you, who you'd say it's for and what we can look forward to? It's for anyone. Right, we even have uh, we even have some college kids coming, we have seniors coming, because honestly, anyone can come and have takeaway items that they can implement right away to improve their wealth, and wealth includes health as well. Yes, it includes family life as well. Because honest to goodness, if you have a lot of money that you don't have to work that hard for, you're gonna probably have a pretty good family life, right? Because what what's the number one thing people fight about at home? It's usually money. Money. Kind of sad, eh? Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, like I said, everyone's going to walk away with lessons on uh, how they can improve their lives. And then, of course, anyone who wants to come with us further, like understand people will come to my world. I, I feel it's my duty to make sure they're successful. Mm. Right? For example, I have two mentees right you now. You take it seriously. Oh, I take right. it really seriously. Yeah. Right? Um, anyone, anyone who's been following my journey, I have a gentleman whose name is uh, David Chung. He lost his dad about two years ago. 17 years old, immigrant kid. Right? So I'm going to make sure I get, I've told them many times, if you want to be rich, I'll make sure you get there. Right. And I have another member of my group. He's only, he's now 25. Same thing. You know, he's, uh, his parents are immigrants. Uh, he's, he's got his first job. Good, good kid. He works like three jobs and I said, <laughs> if you want it, I'll make sure you're rich. Wow. Right. Cause first of all, it starts with wanting it. Yeah. You have to choose. Yeah. You have to choose. You have the courage. You have to want it. Right. And then ask for the help. Ask for the support. Don't even have the help. You just come in my world. It help, it's better if you ask for my help. If you're in my yeah. world, meaning that, you know. I think that's the, that's the implicit asking for support, right? As soon yeah. as they're in your your world. Yeah. Because you're all about, well, how can I help you? Yeah. Like, how, how can how can I be of service yeah. to this person? Yeah. Because understand, like, often, it's, again, I'm no expert at everything. Often it can just be an introduction. Right? 
Like I have friends who this one introduction blew up their careers. Like for the wonder for you know, like someone was worthy of becoming an influencer in a subject area. I made an introduction, blew up, right? And I'll do that for people in my that who are worthy. Yeah. But again, it's you know, I only have so much time in my life. I I you know so. Anyone that can understand, if you're my client, I owe you a much greater duty of care versus someone who reaches out over social media. Of course, yeah, of course. Right? Like they 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 pay me very well. <laughs> well that's why you do some of the things that you do because there's different um, there's different levels of engagement yeah. and and value being added. Yeah. Um, you know, listen to the podcast. You can you know read your oh, work yeah. online. You yeah. can go to your meetups. Yeah, you exactly. Can go to this conference. You can actually engage with you and your team. Like there's so many different levels of being able to. Uh, be impacted by the work and the and the expertise that you have. Yeah, or you can talk to anyone that I've already been, I've already helped. <laughs> yeah, right. Because that, and that's the other thing that's happening is like there's people who have been uh, their lives have been transformed because of your guidance, mm-hmm. and they're turning around and what are they doing? Yeah, they're finding their own ways to to mul- to multiply and continue the ripple. That's the being the change, right? That's absolutely being the change. Yeah. Someone asked me today, like, how are you the change? It's like, oh, I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> Come talk to anyone in my world. Yeah. Right? Talk talk to anyone who's really close to me. Just have to watch. Yeah. Or just watch. Have, just have to watch and pay attention. Yeah. Because that's like that's that's the best way to yeah. actually see it in action. Yeah. And I and you don't know like the difference that you've made in my life, like just spending time with you, um, like you introduced me to jujitsu yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and, the, and, Sorry the, about that. and the academy <laughs> and I got some bruises from that. Yeah, I was yeah. like, how did I get bruises? I, yeah. I got bruises from the gi around the neck, like yeah. always getting, uh, you know, tugged at it. I was like, Oh yeah. my God, yeah. pains that I never felt before. Right. You know, working, but when you get in a out, fight, working out together and when you get in a fight, you'll be grateful for that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Even just some of the basics that I've learned so far. Yeah. Um, and when I'm, when I'm ready, then I'll commit even further. But yeah, yeah being on your show mm-hmm. um and actually just like the relationship that we have like i value it and it's it's important to me and uh any way that i can support you and, and help you grow mm-hmm. um the, the the value that you're that you're creating and the transformation that you're making possible for so many people i'll do everything in my power to to help do that and thank you and it would be my and it's my pleasure to do that um so with that said can you tell us um where can we we can find information and tickets for the wealth hacker conference uh websites wealthhacker.ca uh, again www.wealthhacker.ca couldn't believe that was available um you have your own promo code yeah use the promo code oliver oliver uh hopefully you have it's, it's easiest if you send out the link yeah, yeah and your show notes in your email because people have trouble finding them where to put the promo code. Yeah, I'll in. put in the intro and the, and the outro to the podcast as well, yeah. so people are reminded of it. Yeah, yeah. There's three levels of tickets. Um, I personally, I only do VIP when I go anywhere because uh, I want the short list of, of people to sit with uh, if I can afford it. You know, being in proximity again, right? Yeah, yeah. Being in proximity. Being smart. Uh, people with the VIP get get to meet and greet Grant. Grant get to, get to have their picture with him. There's also a VIP lunch. Uh, that's uh, we only have 100 tickets. So I know who's in the VIP and those are people you want to be with uh, for people who, you know, for the, for the optimal networking. But again, if, if it's not in your budget, being in the room, you're going to learn a lot, right? Uh, like real estate has changed my life, right? Tom and Nick, Mary Ann Gillespie, they've changed my life. So I've been through all this. Uh, Omar and Matthew are changing my life. I, I, I've never thought possible. I actually don't think I'm that far away from making a 
pretty good uh, from, from being away from six figures away. I'm pretty, I don't think I'm that far away from earning six figures over 12 months from my phone. Anywhere half in the world, an half an hour a day. Right. Right. And I've, I earned way more than that in real estate, I understand. Um, as a, just an investor. Um, but together, it all works beautifully. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to show you. When we're done the recording, I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll whip out my phone and show you oh, man. how easy it is. Like, honest to goodness, I was walking to a bathroom just last week and the market, the trip market was still open. I opened my phone, like, oh, that trade looks good. Uh, put input, the price, good for today. Chose a stock, obviously. I chose a stock based on what one of my my coaches are teaching me, what they did themselves. Made that decision again, not recommending anything. And swipe, swipe, swipe right. Swipe. It is swipe right. I like. I choose you. Swipe right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I collected seventy eight dollars US. Right then, and just there. like that, just like that. And then I continued on the bathroom. Oh my god, I can't wait to see. Right, and then I'm gonna scale this up. Right, I'm looking to literally 10, 20x my my the funding of my account by selling one of my investment properties. And again, I'm not selling them all; I'm just selling one. Yeah. Right. I am. This is a portion. This is a portion of what you're doing. This is a portion. Yeah, and it complements what what you're doing. Complements beautifully. Requires only half an hour a day. Right. Love it. Yeah, and you know, and we we've already had one group go through this, so we had 100 students go through the course already. Um, We're not announcing the, the next course until at. Uh, well, Hacker Conference on November 9th. Uh, and yeah, if you want it, like I said, you got to be motivated. The people, I can see it. I, can, I know exactly who's really motivated. For example, we have one mom who just had her second and she is absolutely determined to not have to go back to work, right? And she's probably, leave, and that she probably has a six-figure job. I'm pretty sure she does based on her education and mm. her position, right? But she's looking to replace that income. And I'm pretty sure she'll do it, right? So anyone can do this. Anyone can do this. My electrician can do this. That I, I have a whole ton of real estate investor friends who've done it. Our mutual friend, who's a trained jazz guitarist, is doing it. He's making way more than I am. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited about this. Wicked, man. Yeah. This is so big. We're going to change lives. For you. We're going to change lives. Oh my God. Right? Because no. if, if people can get to where I am, just like just like where I am, like I said, like I said, that's already a big deal. I have a, I have, I've never, in my head, I know how much closer retirement is. Mm-hmm. And a very comfortable one, yeah. right? And everything I've done, I just want for everyone else, right? You don't have to. You don't have to ever talk to me again. I don't care. But if you're if you're a good person and you make a lot of money, you're probably donating to your charity. You mm-hmm. probably might might donate to my charity. You're gonna help all those around you. You're gonna change your life for the better. And if you leave my world just like that, you make your world better. I am a happy person. Yeah, you've done your job. I'm just no. You I'm just happy. I'm just happy. Like shoot me a DM, shoot me an email later. Like tell me that <laughs> that you were successful, yeah. and that's all I ever need. I don't even care about the money, right? Because I honestly, I don't need to make more money. I can be just fine the way things are, right? But we're going to influence change. We're going to create a lot of value. Uh, donate a whole lot more to my charities. And uh, yeah, call me greedy. And do more good. Do more good, yeah. Yeah, there's going to be all these foster kids who will have very nice Christmases. Erwin, oh, man, what a pleasure to have you on the show again. Thanks, Oliver. So stoked for you. Sorry for blabbing. <laughs> That's what you're here for. That's what you're here for. Dropping the, the wisdom bombs, man. Oh, my God. Anyone can do this. I just like leave people with that. You know me. I'm no one special. You're humble. You're a modest man. You are. You're, 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 you are a special person. And I think that's just your like your inability to receive. 
It could be that. Right? Because, I have issues. <laughs> I mean, again, like, ask around the people who've been impacted by you, and they, they will say how they, you know, the, the, the transformation that's been possible in their mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's because of what you've opened up for them. Mm-hmm. That's because of the, the work that you're doing. So that's no small matter. You know, and I, I acknowledge you and I appreciate you. I fucking celebrate you. Oh God, <laughs> Thanks, I celebrate bro. you for this. Like this, it's, uh, it's not small. Like this, it's a big deal. Yeah. You're going to have a thousand people in this room. Oh, we're trending a lot more. <laughs> You're going to have a thousand people in this room who they're going to learn things. They're going to see things. They're going to do things yeah. um, that they never thought was possible before. Yeah. And it was because you just pointed the way. You said, hopefully, hey, I'm going to create this atmosphere where you can dive deep and be around all the right people yeah. and it's going to open your eyes, it's going to open your ears, it's going to open your mind mm-hmm. and then you do what you can from what you learn and then your life is going to be transformed. That's huge. Like that's a big deal. That's That speaks to who you are at your core. Just trying to help. Yeah. Trying to help change the world. Love it, man. Be the change. Pleasure. Mahatma Gandhi, be the change you want to see in the world. Hey, it's Oliver. Before you take off, just want to give another huge thank you to Irwin for coming on to the show. Make sure you go grab yourself a ticket to Wealth Hacker Conference happening November 9th in Toronto. You can go to wealthhacker.ca and use the promo code Oliver to save yourself 10%. That is wealthhacker.ca. Use the promo code Oliver to save yourself 10%. It's going to be stacked with so many different speakers, uh, including the best-selling author Grant Cardone. And uh, it's just going to be jam-packed with so many people talking about and, sh- and teaching about uh, wealth creation, real estate, stock, stock investing, retiring early, business. And uh, not to mention, you're going to be surrounded by so many people in the same room who are like-minded and trying to achieve the same thing as you. So make sure you check out Wealth Hacker Conference on November 9th in Toronto. Go to wealthhacker.ca, use the promo code OLIVER and save yourself 10%. Wealthhacker.ca, promo code OLIVER. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Oliver Manley Show. To support the show, please rate us with five stars and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps the show gain more visibility, which means we can impact even more people who are just like you. People who are rediscovering themselves, their purpose, what's possible for them, and looking to make a difference in the world. For daily stories, insights, and inspiration, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Oliver Manolis and at Oliver Manolis Show. If you heard something from the show that really landed for you, please feel free to screenshot it or share a quote from the show on your social media. And be sure to tag us and use the hashtag OMSHOW. That's O-M-SHOW. I make sure to read every single one of your posts and look forward to it. If you're curious about one-on-one coaching with me and want to set up a complimentary session, go to olivermanalise.com forward slash coaching. This is for you if you're a high achiever who feels spiritually bankrupt, if you want to align with your purpose and create an impact-driven business, if you are interested in creating a meaningful life. If any of this sounds like you, it would truly be an honor to see how I can support you. Go to olivermanalise.com forward slash coaching and book a complimentary session with me today. Well, that's it for today's episode. 
for links mentioned today, access to our entire library of episodes, make sure to go to olivermanalise.com forward slash show. And remember, a new episode drops every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe. We will be back with you before you know it.